If you have your Bible this morning, and I hope you do, let's turn to Romans chapter 12. Romans 12. We're going to look at verses 4 and 5 specifically. And keep your Bible open and handy because we're going to be hopping around quite a bit this morning. Uh, So be sure you've got it ready. Verses will be up on the screen, but I would love for you to join us in turning back and forth as well. Uh, This morning's message is entitled, Part of the Team. Uh, Like Jim, I was not a football player. I played one spring semester of football, my junior year, what would have been going into my senior year of high school, and I quit the team before we actually played games. I'm not built to play football, okay? I was built even less to play football when I was in high school, Um, but I felt pretty proud of myself that I made it through a spring. Uh, I was a starting free safety, which I don't know how your football teams function around here, but in our specific defensive scheme, that was the weakest defensive position. It was kind of like, we don't know where else to put him, so let's put him at free safety. Now, different defensive schemes may be different. If you play free safety or know someone who does, you may be the strongest on your team. That was not the case with our team, okay? It was, let's put him really deep because the teams we play don't throw the ball much and he's going to miss tackles and if they happen to get back to him, just pray he sticks his foot out and trips him, right? That was, that was me. I was the weak link for sure and it got me thinking about the weak link on many different teams. I like to think that each team has their strengths and each team has their weaknesses, but what I have found and what any good coach will tell you is that even the weakest person in your lineup is essential to the success of the team. Some coaches will even put it this way, you're only as strong as your weakest member. And can I tell you, that may not be any more true for any other place than it is for the church. We need every single member and every single Christian as a part of the body of Christ. And I want to talk this morning specifically about being part of the team in an official capacity. So there are two ways that the Bible talks about the church. So a quick lesson in the church in Scripture. One is what we call the universal church. Everybody who has put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ is a part of the church, the universal church. I love this because that means right now, as we speak, we have a missionary in England who happens to worship on Sunday afternoons in England with the time difference that is the exact same time that we worship. And we are part of the church together, worshiping the Lord. Now, what an amazing thought that we're part of a universal body of Christ. But secondly, and what we're going to focus on this morning, the Bible speaks of more local church congregations, a specific gathering of local believers who have unique characteristics different from the entire body of Christ. So I I want to read a little bit about uh, being a part of the team in Romans 12, verses 4 and 5, and you'll notice where you don't find the word church membership, there is a lot of talk about being members. And we're going to talk about that some this morning. Romans chapter 12, verses 4 and 5 say this. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we through many are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. So as we read this passage, we read about the members of the body being compared to the members of a church. 
And I want to be very careful that we're not twisting the Bible to make it sound like what we want to say. We do this all the time, by the way. For instance, let let me give you a great example of this. And and this is kind of true. So uh, the reason why the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl, let me go ahead and tell you, the reason why the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl is because of the Miami Dolphins. This is not an understatement, by the way. You think I'm twisting things around. No, the Dolphins are the reason why the Chiefs are even playing in the Super Bowl this evening. Here's why. Week 17 of the season, the Dolphins, the lowly Dolphins, the greatest at that point 4-11 team ever to exist, right, go up to Foxborough and play the New England Patriots in New England. And New England has one job. If they beat the Dolphins, they get the number two seed, they get a bye, and they don't have to play the next week. That bumps the Chiefs to the number three seed, and they're going to have to play a tougher schedule to get to the Super Bowl. Lo and behold, the lowly 4-11 Dolphins go in to the mighty Patriots and thump them. Had a little bit of Fitz magic, if you know your quarterback for the Dolphins. Whooped up on the Patriots. You can clap for that. It's okay. Get excited. Right? Yeah. You may not aim at anything else in the sermon, but somebody beat the Patriots. That's something to get excited about, right? Because of that, the Patriots get the three seed, the Chiefs get the two seed, the Patriots end up losing their first game. You can clap for that as well, that's okay, yeah, right? The Chiefs get the bye, they get a little easier schedule, all of a sudden they're in the Super Bowl. Because of the Miami Dolphins, solely, by the way, no other reason at all, not because of their talents or their exceedingly gifted quarterback, not because of the, the wisdom of their coach. It's because of the Miami Dolphins that the Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl tonight. Okay? You heard it here first. Obviously, that's a gross misinterpretation of what has happened, right? We like to do this with Scripture, right? We like to cling on what we want to believe is true, and we like to pull things out of it, how we want it to sound and what we want it to do. So it's really easy for me to stand up here this morning and say, because the Bible talks about members of a body and compares it to a church, there we go. We know that church membership is biblical. I don't want to twist those words this morning. Instead, I want to ask the question, does the Bible really teach us that church membership, and I mean joining a local church family, being on the membership role, is that really something the Bible speaks of? So as we examine this morning being part of the team, I want the background that I don't want to be accused of twisting Scripture. But I am going to tell you that I believe wholeheartedly that joining with a local church body is a biblical and even mandated part, an assumed part of being part of the body of Christ. So as we examine what it looks like to be a part of the team, I'm going to give five benefits of joining, officially joining with a church family. And the first is obedience to God's word. He said, wait a second, pastor, just a second ago, you said that that we don't want to twist scripture. You admitted that nowhere in the Bible does it say thou shalt join First Baptist Church or thou shalt join whatever local congregation you're attending. Nowhere in the Bible is the word church membership or the phrase church membership even uttered. How are you telling me that being a member is a part of being obedient to God's word? I'll start off by reminding you that the word Trinity is found nowhere in Scripture. We at least have the word member in Scripture. You don't find the word Trinity anywhere in the Bible. Not once. 
On top of that, did you know there's an entire Old Testament book that does not mention God even one time? Go ahead, go read the book of Esther, if you will, this afternoon. It's not real long. And look for where it talks specifically about God. It does not. Does that mean that God is not present in the book of Esther? It does not mean that. Does it mean that the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, is not a biblical truth? doesn't mean that at all. The absence of the phrase and the absence of the word does not negate the command of Scripture. Being a part of the universal church, but not part of the local church, is not possible, it is not biblical, and it is not healthy. Let me share those three things with you briefly. Being a part of the, the universal church, but not a part of the local church, is not possible. Think about this. Can you be a part of the Rotary Club International without being a part of the local chapter? Nowhere do you see anything like that. You can't be a part of a worldwide organization if you won't invest in the local organization. It's just not possible. Secondly, we said it's not biblical. Being a part of the universal church and not the local church is not biblical. The Bible easily assumes that Christians are members of a church. You realize that every letter in the New Testament... Every single one, from Romans all the way through the book of Jude, a, a collection of letters was written and intended to be read by a local body of believers. Every single one. Even the ones addressed to Timothy, right? even the ones addressed to specific people, is with the intention that they would open it up and they would share it with a local body. Membership may not be in the Bible as a word, but that's like saying there's nowhere in the USGA rulebook for golf that it insists that a golfer be a human. It's just assumed. Everywhere throughout the New Testament, there are, there's talk of, of being in and being out, being joined with or being separate, being a part of or being excluded from. And we're going to look at that in more detail as the sermon unfolds. Being a part of the local church is biblical. And then finally we said being a part of the universal church and not the local church is not healthy. God created you to be in communion with other people. Realize when God made the first human being Adam, he looked at him and he said, it's not good that he's alone. He made him a, a helper, a, a woman to, to be married with. He created us with a longing and a desire to be with other people. By the way, this is the same for extroverts like myself who love to be around other people and introverts who, who want to be shelled by themselves. That doesn't change the fact that God wired you for community. You, you may experience community differently, but God wired you to be with other people. We are created beings to be a part of of a community of people and the gift that God has given us to do that in the Christian faith is church membership. So the first benefit of being a, a church member is that you are obedient to the word of God. Secondly, when you are a part of a local church, your benefit is your personal accountability. Your personal accountability. Lone Ranger Christians are dangerous people. Those who feel like they can do their faith thing on their own. Often, not always, well, I may even say always, let's just say often, steer off the path of God's word because they have no guidance to pull them back. 
in. Galatians 6.1 tells us our responsibility when we see someone veering off. It says, brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, any sin, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. As we think about this verse, we're reminded that God's design for the church is our accountability. By the way, I need this. As a human being who falls often, I need to hear the teaching from the church. I need a brother or a sister to lovingly come beside me and say, as much as you feel led to do this, God's word says don't. Or the history of First Baptist Church, and we won't go into a lot of detail, involves several times throughout our history where we have had to examine members in our church and ask, are they living according to God's word? Since I've been here at First Baptist Church, there have been twice that we've sat in deacons' meetings and I've said, do we need to pursue this person and and lovingly ask them? In both instances, it ended before it had to become public, but in both instances, it was a way for us to share with the accountability of God's word. Your accountability is essential, and we need that because we fall regularly. 1 Corinthians 5 verse 12 tells us that we should be about disciplining others to bring them to a right relationship. But we see here, what do I have to do with judging outsiders? Think about this language. Is it not those inside the church whom you are to judge? Doesn't this verse imply there are those who are a part of the church and those who are not a part of the church? We have no business at all casting judgment on those who are outside of the church. The Lord's job is to judge that. But within the church, we have a responsibility to keep each other accountable. To know that when one of us is falling, we say, God has a better way and a better plan to lovingly put our arm around them and say, for your personal accountability, I love you too much to see you go down that path. One of the benefits of church membership is your personal accountability but it's a two-way street because one of the reasons why God has given us church membership is specifically for the church's accountability the same is true for any church body if it does not have accountability from its people from you it is likely to go astray it requires godly people faithfully serving and calling the church into accountability 1 John chapter 4, verse 1 says this, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. There's a warning here that, that not all spirits, and let's put it this way, not all leadings or leanings, not all thoughts or emotions or desires or wills are from God, and we have to test those. Can I admit to you something? And... and I'll admit this to you as a pastor. I'm not always really good at testing the spirits on my own. Just this morning in small group, Hannah and I were, were sharing kind of some testimony of how God's opened and closed doors. And, and the spirit that I felt to lead in one of those cases was not God's will at all. And, and thankfully, God had put me in the community of my family and my wife to, to remind me to test the spirit and to, to point us in another direction. The church functions that way. Part of the history of our church, First Baptist Church, 
are are several times where our church has been inclined to go in a, a less biblical way, and it's been the members of a church, the leadership of the church, the people of the church, who have turned to the Word of God and say, we need to test that. Is that biblical or is it not? As much as you need the church, the church needs you. On our own, we will fall and make mistakes, but as a collective whole who are faithful to be in God's word, holding each other accountable, it allows us as a church to have accountability as well. I I need people who will tell me when I say something unbiblical from the pulpit. I don't need people coming up to me afterwards and saying, you mispronounced a hard-to-pronounce name in the Bible. Leave that alone, okay? (laughs) But if I or anyone else ever stands behind the pulpit... If any Sunday school teacher studies a curriculum and shares, if anyone were to promote from our church something that is contrary to the Word of God, we have a responsibility to hold them accountable. I welcome that. I yearn for that. And it's needed. Next, we we not only have accountability for ourselves, accountability for the church, but fourthly, a benefit of church membership is shepherding care. The opportunity for us to have specific care from the church itself. Hebrews 13, 17 is is both one of the best verses on why we should support leaders in the church, and it's also a great verse on why church membership is essential. Look at Hebrews 13, 17 with me. It says, Over your leaders, or honor your leaders, I'm sorry, honor your leaders and submit to them for their keeping watch over your souls as those who will give an account. Now, notice that the honoring of the leader is for a specific purpose. It's not honor your leaders so they can lord over you, not honor your leaders so that they can rule over you, honor your leaders so they can have say over what you do. Instead, honor your leaders for this reason. They're keeping watch over your soul. Being part of a local church means means having godly individuals who are shepherding and caring for you, who love you and invest in you. Also, I think there are two questions here to consider in support of local church membership. These questions actually arise from another pastor. His name is Matt Chandler. And reading this verse, he asks two questions in Hebrews 13, 17. One... If there is no local church membership, who are you supposed to submit to? Every Christian leader around the world? Even the ones who are teaching false doctrine and false gospels? Who who are you supposed to submit to? Everyone in our community? So the pastor at the church down the street, you're to submit to and honor the same as you are wherever you're attending? If there's no local church membership, who are you required to submit to? And secondly... If there is no local church membership, who am I, as the pastor of this church, accountable for? Am I accountable for every Christian in our county? Am I to stand before the Lord one day and give account for the the discretion and the mishandling of sin of a brother or sister in Christ who, who attends church across town? Who am I accountable to if there is no local church membership? I think this teaches very clearly that there's an assumption here. There are those who you are to submit to, and there are those that those you're submitting to should care for. There's a care that comes specifically between the church and its members that is different 
from, from just those who are, are jumping from place to place. Romans 6.10 tells us this. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone. Then listen to this qualifying phrase. And especially to those who have the household of faith. Notice that word household. Well, we could have used the word family. Would have been appropriate. Could have used the word uh, church, would have been appropriate, but it specifically narrows it down to those who are joined together in one house. Do good to everyone, but there's a special care, a shepherding care, a loving care that comes between the church and its members. Finally, the reason why you should become a part of the team and join a local church family that you can use the full scope of your spiritual gifts. You can use the full scope of your spiritual gifts. Some of you struggle because you don't know what God has gifted with you or gifted you with spiritually. Some of you all are, are questioning, do I even have something that God wants to use? And there is no better place to find your gift than within the confines of a local church. Get plugged in and start serving. Here's what I tell people. I can give you a test. I've got one. I can download it for you and print it off for you. You can fill in some blanks and it will tell you your spiritual gifts are one, two, and three. And sometimes those are really accurate. You'll find, man, I was really, really high on hospitality and I love that. And now I'm serving and it's great. And I was really low on teaching and so I was trying to force myself to do that and that's not where I'm at. And sometimes those work out great. Other times, psh, other times they're way off. I tell you where you can find your gift the best is plug in somewhere. Go to any ministry in our church. Come to me as a pastor and say, I want to try and I'll plug you in. And I don't even mind if you say, I want to give it three months. I'm just going to try it for three months. I'll let you do that. I'll, I'll let you help teach somewhere if you're qualified to teach somewhere for, for three months. And you can say, this is where I'm gifted and what I'm passionate about. I'll let you serve and work behind the scenes, upstairs in the computer, uh, you know, cleaning bathrooms, wherever you want to go. If you say, I think that's where my gift is, I'll give you a time to try it out. Maybe you come and you say, I really feel gifted towards fill in the blank. Try it. God will reveal to you whether you're gifted and passionate in it or it will become very obvious very quick. This is not where I need to be. By the way, if you come to me, let me give you this caveat. If you come to me and say, I feel like I might be a teacher, you're asking me then for accountability, and I'm going to be forced to tell you if that's not your gift, okay? So keep that in mind, right? Um, Trey, I want to try this out for three months. We do that for three months, and I go, you know what? You're, you're making things worse. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a learning process, right? There's an accountability that comes, but try it. Give it a shot. Use those gifts. Find out where God has plugged you. 1 Corinthians 12, 24 through 26 tells us the reason why God gives us gifts. It's a specific purpose, and we would think it's because we want to see how great and mighty God can use us, but that's, that's not the purpose. 1 Corinthians 12, verses 24 through 26 says, But God has so composed the body, He's put it together, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care, there's that shepherding thought again, for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. I think we can confidently say that you cannot 
use your spiritual gift in the capacity to build up others within the church if you yourself are not within the church? How are you going to rejoice with those who rejoice and suffer with those who suffer if you're not planted in a local body somewhere? God wants you to use your gift because there's somebody in this room right now that needs you to serve them. And there's somebody in this room right now who needs to serve you. God has called us to join together as members, part of the team and the body of Christ in our local family so that we can use the full scope of our spiritual gifts. So you asked this morning, can I do that, Pastor, without ever joining the church? Can I do that and just, just faithfully attend? Can I just come every single Sunday and, and be a part of the music and, and listen to the preaching and serve where I can serve? Can I do that without putting my name on the book? And the answer is yes, and many people do. Can I remind you that you're missing out on the blessings that God has given us? That's like looking at the church and saying, God, I love them enough to date them, but I'm not committing. I, I care about your bride enough to stand next to them, but I'm not going to do life with them. It's like looking at God and saying, saying, you've blessed me with this incredible gift, but I only want part of it. I want a little piece. This morning, I would encourage you to ask yourself, do, do I have a church family that I call my own? Is there, is there a church that I know God wants me to serve in, to be accountable to, to give accountability to, to, to learn how to be obedient in the Word of God? Is there a place that God has called me home to? And if the answer is yes, ask yourself, what's keeping me from joining? What's keeping me from committing? This morning as we pray, our, our invitation is simply this. Are you a part of the team? Are you ready to commit to where God has called you to commit to? Let's pray together. Father, what an amazing gift the church is. What unbelievable that you had enough foresight and wisdom to not only save us, but to give us other people to do life with so we're not alone. Lord, we thank you for the accountability that it gives us personally. We thank you that we are able to, to return that accountability for the church. Lord, I thank you for the love and the care that we have for each other that, that we need so desperately. And Lord, I thank you that you've given us all gifts to serve one another, to build each other up. Lord, this morning we want to be faithful to you above all else. And so, Lord, we want to plug in and be a part of a local body. Lord, I ask this morning that you would stir our hearts to not only, to not only commit, but to, to officially and publicly commit. Lord, for those who are still searching, Lord, there, there may be some who say, I don't know where that is yet, and yeah, I'm here this morning, but quite honestly, there may be somewhere else that, that I need to be. Lord, give them clarity, give them wisdom. Lord, I pray that you'd make resolute in their heart not to join our church, but to join the church you're calling them to. And Lord, we ask that it would be here if it's your will. Lord, make us faithful to your bride. Make us faithful to your church. And Lord, in doing so, make us faithful to you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.